You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Takes, some of the best sports podcasts. I am your host, Sean Bingham. Thank you for being here. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts. Everywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Please hit that subscribe button, whatever platform you are on. This is a very special Sunday edition. Here I am, fresh off of church, in my church clothes. Still got the blue tie on here in, in, uh, in favor of my BYU Cougs, the Cougar Blue. Um, but how could I not do a podcast today? The Cougars broke a 12-year streak. This is like historic stuff. I just turned 40 a couple weeks ago. The last time BYU won, I was 28. That was weird to think about. I went to the game last night. I actually got down onto the field uh, before and after the game. Everybody got down there after the game. But the atmosphere was amazing. It, it kind of felt like things were back, you know, like this rivalry. The, the rivalry gods, the football gods really smiled upon us. You know, I, uh, I mentioned on the, in the podcast on Thursday that the rivalry was clearly dying, hardly a rivalry. The Utes are in the Pac-12. They're in a Power 5 conference. They got nothing to gain by playing BYU much. The, the game's not the last game of the season anymore. It's like kind of, we got to find a spot somewhere in the beginning for it. Um, they've won nine games straight, 12-year span. It just felt like it, the rivalry was was disappearing on us. And I said two things needed to happen. One, BYU needed to win. That was first and foremost. BYU needs to win to kind of reignite this rivalry. And two, I said that if they got into a Power 5 conference, the Big 12 was knocking at the door. If they get into the Big 12, that could help reignite it as well. Well, in the 48 hours since that Thursday podcast, both of those things happened. Both of those things happened in the next 48 hours. BYU officially uh, was welcomed into the Big 12, and then BYU breaks the streak at nine games and gets the W last night. Um, it just, everything happened that needed to happen. So it feels like we're getting back to normal. I don't know if it'll ever go back to the days where they were competing for conference championships in the same conference, playing each other the last game of the season. Frequently it mattered humongously for you know bowl games and conference championships because they would be like, both of them 10 and one or one of them 10 and one, the other one 11 and oh, it was like major, major playoff implications, things like that. Or like I say, bowl game implications. I don't know if we'll ever get back to that point just because they're not in the same conference. Um, and they don't even play every year. Like they're not going to play for the next two years now. So it's hard for it to be a rivalry when you don't even play every season. Um, so now BYU officially has a three-year win streak going. So BYU now has a three-year win streak, just like Utah had a 12-year win streak, only nine games, but 12 years. BYU has just one game, but it's going to last for three years. So that'll be kind of nice for BYU fans. Um, very fun game. Atmosphere was lit. I knew BYU would win. Uh, you know, Dave Glauser, he's probably crying somewhere about his Utes loss. He's probably typing up all sorts of excuses and reasons why they, you know, just, he's got his crimson pen out and his crimson goggles and he's, <laughs> Dave's a good friend of mine. I just like calling him out because he's he's one of the very most loyal listeners I have. So it's all in good fun. But um, he did he did bet me. He wanted me to bet him fifty bucks. I said, "Look, I'll bet you fifty bucks against the spread," which is how real betting works. You don't bet just straight up unless the line is straight up. He didn't want to do that, and so I said, "Okay, I'll bet you twenty bucks straight up then," which you know seemed fair. So he owes me twenty bucks. Still haven't seen that come through yet, Dave. Um, 
But this was good. This was good. This just felt like it just felt like the rivalry was getting revived. And it's, it's exactly what BYU needed. It's exactly what the state of Utah needed. You know, I mentioned being fresh off a of church wearing the blue tie. When I was a kid, you, for those that don't know, BYU is owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There is a huge population of those church members in Utah, me being one of them. And it's very, I would say, pretty evenly split you know, on who cheers for which team. So it's kind of a fun, it's always been a fun tradition. All growing up, it was like a fun tradition. The Sunday following the the game on Saturday, you'd show up to church, you know, as a guy wearing, and girls would do it too, just not wearing ties, but you'd wear the color of whatever team you cheered for. Obviously, Utah's red, BYU's blue. It was kind of fun. So I kind of had that in mind today, wore the blue tie. But um, so much tradition, and it felt like some of it was being revived. It, it was just slowly dying. It was. It was slowly dying. BYU's been independently irrelevant for more than a decade or for, for a decade now. And it just felt like, wow, like there's light at the end of this tunnel. Um, I'm still a pro sports over college sports guy, but I love college sports. Like for those of you that thought, oh, Sean doesn't like college football. I love college football. I love high school football. I love little league football. I just love football, but I especially love the NFL. In fact, I've got red zone going right here to my left as we speak. Um, I got Joe Burrow as my starting quarterback this this week, which is hilarious to think about, but he's got two touchdowns um, in fantasy, that is. But anyway, so I love football. Absolutely love football. Love college football. Um, there's things about college football that are broken that I don't like. Um, I don't think it's, you know, the talent level is nowhere near the NFL, and so it's not as fun. But if they would fix a few of those things, like I've mentioned, the relegation league, you know, the tiered leagues and the relegation system like they do in European soccer leagues, that would be incredible. But instead... You know, we get things like, and I was going to save this for later in the podcast, but as long as I'm on the topic, instead we get things like Auburn beating Alabama State 62 to nothing. Oh, that was a fun game. That must have been really, really exciting for all the fans that paid money to see that. I'm sure all the sponsors that saw the TV ratings go down to zero as the score reached higher and higher, I'm sure they were stoked about the money they paid to be part of that game. Um, the, you know, another fun one that I saw, let's see if I can find it here. You know, Cincinnati beat Murray State 42-7. to Clemson beat South Carolina State. Not South Carolina, South Carolina State. 49-3. to Those are fun. Ooh, look at this one. Oklahoma played mighty Western Carolina, and they won 76 to nothing. That was an important game that we all needed. I'm glad we got that one. 76 to nothing. Come on. Like, this is what's broken in college football. You will never see 76 to nothing in the NFL. Never. It doesn't happen because they make sure that the competition competition level is pretty equal. Even when you're a sucky team and you go 0 and 16 like the Lions did not too long ago, you're not losing 76 to nothing because you're professional athletes. But this is like wildly unfair competition. Western Carolina versus Oklahoma. These are the things about college football that I don't like. To me, they're disrespecting the sport when they do that. And I just don't like it. I think they should change the system entirely. Um, th- th- that should be a meaningless game. Instead, Oklahoma, because of the broken system that exists with how the committee does their voting to choose the playoff teams and how the BCS worked before that, you have to just blow teams out of the water. You have to run up the score. If you don't run up the score, it's like, hmm, why didn't they win by 100? That team's like a high school. Well, how about we don't let them play them instead of making them beat them down by 100 points and humiliate them? Why are we even letting them play each other? It's ridiculous. So 
to me, those are the things that things that are broken with college football, um, and they're so easily fixed, so easily fixed. And more money would pour in. I know that money is driving all of this, but more money would just come pouring in if they would make these little changes. If they had a relegation, do you know how hard teams would fight to be able to climb up out of one league into the next, and how hard they would fight if you're like this traditional school, like a Texas, you know, who's traditionally just this powerhouse, but you have a few down seasons. How embarrassing is it going to be when you get relegated down a league and how hard are you going to fight to make it back up or to not even drop in the first place? I mean, that would be something. You know, you can keep your conferences, keep the way you do your scheduling, um, but just have, you know, well, within within reason. We don't want these 76 to nothing ones. That's kind of the point. But we would say, look, you can't. if you're in League 1, you can play down a couple of games to League 2, but nothing down into League 3. You know, something like that. I'm spitballing as I go here. But you could still allow for cross-league play, but not this 76 to nothing gap where it's like clearly this is a third league over here, and this is clearly like upper echelon league. These two don't play each other, you know. In fact, even in intramural sports, you know, which is about the highest I got beyond high school sports, but we had divisions. And like as a, as a competitive, you know, quote-unquote athlete, um, someone who wishes he was an athlete, I didn't want to play in Division two or three because that was like embarrassing. It's like I'd rather, I'd rather you know be moderately good in Division one than dominate Division three. You know, in fact, one year I remember we got relegated down a division in the the flag football intramurals, and I was like freaking already thirty three at the time or something, totally washed up, and we end up uh, you know winning the championship or maybe we lost in the championship. I can't remember. We made it to the championship game. And we were like, we were like almost embarrassed. We we're like, this is so stupid. Like, we didn't even sign up for this league. We got relegated down because we had lost a game or something. And I think we forfeited another one. But anyway, the point is, even in intramural sports, they have it. And so why aren't we doing it at like the real level? It just seems kind of silly to me. But they shouldn't be allowed to even play each other. Anyway, that's what's broken. You get a lot of these, you know, bogus, um, bogus games that that end up meaning something when they shouldn't. You know, it's like there's nothing to gain by. There's a lot. To, sorry, there's there's nothing to gain by just winning. You have to blow them out, and there's a ton to lose if you lose. So it's like let's just not play the game. It's just play equal competition. Makes it more fun. Um, anyway, back to BYU in Utah. Back to BYU in Utah. So I called this game. I knew it. BYU had looked intimidated by Utah for years. They did not seem intimidated last night. They did not feel or seem intimidated from last season through to this season. Last season they wanted Utah so bad, and the Pac-12 was super woke with their. Um, restrictions with all the pandemic stuff. And so they didn't allow uh, as many games. And by the time they did allow it, you know, Utah just said, look, we're not scheduling anybody outside of conference. Um, and so they only played Pac-12 games. So they had to cancel last year's game. And last year's BYU team was one of the best teams BYU's had in about a decade since they became independent. Obviously, Zach Wilson, number two overall draft pick, who, by the way, is not looking so hot so far, but it's still first half of the first game. So we'll take it easy on him. Um, but they dodge him last year, kind of. Um, and so I think BYU is just chomping at the bit. And then they get this extra confidence boost the day before by getting invited into the Big 12. And there there was just zero intimidation. I actually think the intimidation was coming the other direction. For the first time in 12 years, it felt like the intimidation was coming from the other side. Like maybe Utah was slightly intimidated by BYU. They were the ones that were like, oh, shoot. Like it felt like... We have to win this, but I don't know if we can. 
And in the past, for, for even even before the last 12 years, even when BYU was still winning occasionally 13, 14, 15 years ago, it always felt like Utah was intimidating BYU. And it just didn't feel like that last season, going into this season and all this week. And being on the field before the game, I was I'll, I'll put some videos in the YouTube here. I was up close and personal with the players on both teams. And it just had a different feel. I'm telling you, it just had a different feel. So I'm hoping that the rivalry is back. Again, it's going to be tough if they're not playing each other. But quick notes from the game. Um, one note I had here that I want to mention along this same line is Kalani Sataki has greatly changed the culture with BYU football. Greatly changed the culture. That's where the intimidation factor uh, starts to make a shift. That I mean, He's done a great job recruiting, but more than anything, he's done a great job with the culture. Like it's it's he's creating a culture where football is fun. You think football is fun, sir? That's from the uh, Remember the Titans. Um, but anyway, <laughs> he's doing a great job getting the culture back to like it's fun, but it's still disciplined, um, and it's winning football. It's confident football, and I like it. So kudos to Kalani Sataki. Okay, so BYU just looked better from start to finish in this game. They did from the from the very beginning all the way to the very very end. They just looked flat out better. Um, Utah's offensive line looked pretty darn good, uh, but especially their running back Bernard, Micah Bernard, uh, that guy, he he was a very, very bright spot for the Utes. Beyond that, though, they just didn't have a whole lot to cheer about. They didn't have a whole lot that was really threatening BYU offensively. And uh, defensively, they looked okay, but BYU was able to move the ball just fine. But offensively, I just wasn't very impressed with the Utes. I really wasn't. You know, BYU had got two early turnovers. They forced two early turnovers. Only got three points out of it, which was really too bad. Um, but offensively, I just wasn't seeing much from the Utes other than Micah Bernard, who averaged like 12 yards a carry. I've got it pulled up here. Let me see if I can find it. He had, yeah, he had 12.2 yards per carry, 12 carries, 146 yards. I mean, the guy was a freaking beast, and he had four catches for 18 yards. He had, he had that uh, 20-something-yard touchdown run. He also broke that run for 50 yards. I mean, he was just crushing the Cougars. He was just dicing up, slicing and dicing through the defense. Um, but again, other than him, I don't think the Utes have much going for them offensively. At least last night they did. The offensive line is, is solid. That's how Micah Bernard's able to do what he's doing. Um, but but beyond that, it just wasn't too impressed. And their only win so far this year as a ranked team is against Weber High. I mean, Weber State, excuse me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a dig. Um, but anyway, look, we've had to wait 12 years. Give us a little bit. Okay. Um, but anyway, and, and, uh, BYU just look, they just look better. BYU is going to be ranked. They'll be ranked now. They're two and oh, they just beat a ranked team. Um, they will be ranked in, in these next rankings that come out and we'll see how they do. You know, it's a long season. It's early. It's one game, but it's, it, but it's, it's a very, very hugely important game. And the Cougars finally got it done. It took from Max Hall in 2009 all the way to Jaron Hall in 2021 to get a victory. So the last two are Halls, not related. Uh, but Max Hall was there, ran the flag out. That was kind of cool. I actually talked to Reno Mahe before the game. He also ran a flag out with his kids. That was kind of cool. It was good. It was just a good atmosphere. It was just fun. It was just, it, it was just bringing back all these memories for me. Because like when I was in school and the few years shortly after I was graduated, BYU was really good. I mean, they were they, those were ten and two years, consistently ranked, consistently hoping to bust the BCS, never quite doing it. The Utes did do it twice. Kudos to them. Um, but BYU was very, very competitive, and they were competing for a conference championship. 
uh, you know, talented teams like TCU and and uh, Utah, like I mentioned. And it was just fun. And it feels like that's just slowly died off. And it just felt good to have it back a little bit, you know. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the Big 12. And by the way, the comparisons that I made to the Mountain West and the Big 12, you know, I've got a lot of cougar blue goggles coming at me. Guys, if you want to listen to super biased opinions about the Cougars, just stick to BYU TV or something like that, um, or whatever the, the the blogs are uh, that are that are just very extremely biased. You know, it's like it's like if you're super liberal wanting to only watch MSNBC or CNN, if you're super conservative only wanting to watch Fox News. I don't want to do any of that. I like to report the truth and give a truthful opinion. Um, I'm obviously going to be a little bit biased because I'm a BYU fan, but I'm but I'm pretty good about setting my bias aside and just being real, you know, and I can honestly say last night was very fun, but I just didn't care nearly as much as I used to about who won. I truly and sincerely did not. Um, I just love competition. I love sports. And I will say this, the comparison I made to the big 12 and the mountain West, um, financially I had somebody, I can't remember who it was. It was, was a friend of mine. I can't remember who it was now, but anyway, um, financially they tweeted at me, Financially, of course, this is a step up from the Mountain West. Duh. But that's not what I was talking about. I and mean, we all know that. I was talking about the level of competition within the conference. And the level of competition within the conference is going to be very similar once Texas and Oklahoma are gone. It just is. It just is. And I went through it. I shouldn't have to go through it 25 times for people to understand what I'm talking about. Look at the top of the conference right now, the Big 12. Texas and Oklahoma are at the top. They're both going to be gone. Okay, so that will be BYU. This is another thing. BYU will instantly have a chance to compete for a conference championship from day one. That alone should tell you that it's not the same as the SEC or the Big Ten or even the ACC or the Pac-12 because if BYU went and entered any of those four leagues, they would not be able to compete right away for a conference championship. They wouldn't. Maybe the Pac-12. Maybe. Because while... while while the ACC is probably an overall weaker conference, just barely, it's, it's like sixes there between the Pac-12 and the ACC, the top of the ACC is stronger with Clemson. We're not beating Clemson, right? So, whereas the top of the Pac-12, it's like more debatable. Although, freaking Oregon yesterday goes into Ohio State in Columbus, one of the toughest places to win, and they get a big W. A big W for Oregon uh, yesterday at Columbus, and somebody left a nice little rubber ducky right in the middle of the O. It's very cool. Uh, by the way, side note, I sold alarm systems door-to-door uh, -door in Columbus one summer, snuck onto that field, hope that doesn't get me in trouble, like literally snuck in there one night with a girl, had a nice little kiss in the middle of the O, in the middle of the night, it was actually very cool. So I've been uh, in the horseshoe um, in the middle of the O before where that rubber ducky is now. Anyway, obviously the Oregon Ducks, that was cool, cool thing. So whoever did that, I, I mean, obviously it was, must have been one of the players, had it in his hidden in his jersey and his shoulder pads. I don't know who did it, but maybe it wasn't one of the players. Maybe it was a fan or a band member. Who knows? But it was pretty cool. Um, but but anyway, the, I, I, I digress. So the what was I saying? I was talking about the the, the oh the, how BYU will be able to compete for a championship right away in the Big 12, and that should tell you everything you need to know. Like, Utah still hasn't gotten a Pac-12 championship. And so, I mean, look at Missouri. Missouri left the Big 12 to the SEC, and they, like, kind of suck now. You know, like... If, you, if you're truly moving up, it should take years to like grow into this new thing that you've, you've become part of. But BYU will compete for a Big 12 championship right away. I'm not saying they'll win one, especially with Texas and Oklahoma there for the first two years. But once they're gone, that's the whole argument. The top is very, very similar. 
all the way down through like the first four or five teams. After that, yes, the bottom, the very, very bottom, Kansas is Suckfest USA. Like they're not any better than like a New Mexico was in football. Um, and so the very, very bottom is not very different. The top third is very, very similar. It's just kind of the middle to lower, you know, third where there's, it is a step up. And that's why I said it is a small step up, even from a competition standpoint, to be in the Big 12. It is a step up, but it's not this humongous one. Because in my opinion, the Mountain West back then wasn't a huge step down from the Power 5 conferences. Back then, it wasn't Power 5. It was like the Big 6 or Power 6, whatever they call it. I think it was Power 6, because the Big East was part of it. And we were like, as Mountain West people, we were like, the Mountain West is just as good as the Big East. And they were, and that's why the Big East doesn't exist anymore. So... It could be a problem. You know, they, they're just going to need, BYU's going to need to step up. Houston's going to need to step up. UCF's going to need to step up. TCU's going to need to step up. Iowa State's going to need to step up. They lost yesterday to Big Ten Iowa. So the Big 12's going to just need these new, BYU's going to become the face of the of the conference, honestly. They really are. Like, you look at the teams that are in the Big 12 right now, the face is Oklahoma and Texas. Those faces are leaving. BYU will be the face of the conference. They're going to have the largest stadium uh, in the conference, and that matters, you know, um, which I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast. I've done so many in a row now, forgetting what I've just been tweeting and what I've been saying, but but the fact that we'll have the largest stadium in the conference also tells you they're not, the conference is not what it what it was because if BYU entered the Big, uh, the, the Big Ten, they'd have – I got this in my Twitter feed somewhere. In fact, let me see if I can just find it because – I tweeted all of this. Um, give me two seconds here. But BYU will have the biggest stadium in the conference once Oklahoma and Texas leave. That is an indicator that the conference isn't quite as strong as it as it was as it was as it once was, or as strong as the other Power Five conferences. Because look at this: if BYU, uh, if if Oklahoma and Texas stayed, BYU Stadium would have the third largest capacity. In the Pac-12, BYU would have the fourth largest capacity. In the SEC, they'd have the tenth largest capacity. In the Big Ten, they'd have the eighth largest capacity. In the ACC, they'd have the sixth largest capacity. This stuff is an indicator of how big and legit a conference is. It just is. And there's proof of it all over the place. If you're a big, legit school with big, legit fans and big, legit programs, you have a lot of people that come to your games. But all of these teams in other conferences have bigger stadiums. BYU will be the face of the, of the conference, which tells me it's not a huge step up from that Mountain West of 2009. It's just not. Financially, yes, I get that. But competition-wise, it's just not. I'm sorry, it's not. Um, that's okay. It's a huge step up from independence. Humongous step up from independence. But anyway, I think that's all I had. Um, oh, I did want to talk about Jaron Hall. He looked really good, not great. Passing, I didn't think he looked great, I'll be honest, from a throwing perspective. Uh, he was 18 of 30, 149 yards. That's just not great um, at all. He did have three TDs and no picks. That was nice. But he ran for 92 yards on just eight carries. He did find eight different receivers on those 18 completions. That's good to spread the ball around, keep the defense guessing. He did fr- find three different targets for touchdowns. That's very good. And from a m- mobility perspective, he was phenomenal. 92 yards rushing, and he had a lifelong career highlight run, touchdown run down the down the BYU sideline that got called back 47 yards because he barely stepped out of bounds. That was a bummer. So he not only did he have 92 yards, but he had 47 yards called back. So he almost really equaled the 149 passing with his rushing if it wasn't for that 47 yards getting called back by just barely stepping out of bounds. So 
I thought he looked really good. Not great, but you know the season's young, and he'll be just fine. I'm excited for that. Um, guys, that's it. We got all sorts of NFL stuff today. I'm excited about that. I'll probably do another podcast tomorrow about the NFL stuff. So I want to get this one out there. Go Cougs. That was very, very fun. College football is back all of a sudden, isn't it? <laughs> just kidding. I'll see you guys next time. I'm out. Peace. We got the Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Cause we are-